Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the Violoncello and its History. This episode brings about a new plan. Not that any of the older plans are going off to the side or being discarded, but adding to it and really playing off what I've already done. The Violoncello and its History, a wonderful book of the history of the cello by Joseph Vasileski, has been looming large on my mind for a while now. I have enjoyed reading, I've enjoyed playing music from all through the history, dating back to the introduction of the instrument back in the late 1600s. So what is my plan? To read the book in its entirety. This episode, however, is simply the introduction of this plan. Why present it now? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is, I just like reading. The other is, this can bring some added value to the information gap, as it were, because I'm not filling you in on lots of the information given inside this tome. You know, there's something about reading a book in its entirety. It's, it's the way that the author puts the story down. Uh, you know, for lack of a better phrase, it reads like a book. Hey, what can I say? We all know what a good story is like, and if you leave out pages or even entire chapters, it's not the book. You've left it out. Everybody can relate. So I mean to say that hearing the author say it without interjection from a well-meaning or highlight-seeking musician like myself gives a fuller meaning to it. Well, this is my plan. It's to read this book in its entirety, every single page, every single word, and upload each section in full. This episode is really just the introduction to my plan and then the introduction written by Vasilevsky himself. So as not to keep you waiting, I know that many of you would enjoy hearing the, the entire story. These are gonna be very lengthy episodes, however. So, you know, prepare, prepare yourselves. I will release this episode, 43 of the introduction to my plan, and then 44, which will be the entire section of the Viola da Gamba and its history before he gets to cello proper, uh, immediately following. So you can listen to this episode and immediately go to episode 44. These will be uploaded on the same day. Here it is, episode 43 with episode 44, hot on its heels. Turn up the volume, spend an afternoon making a fancy dessert, and learn more fully about the history of the violoncello. This is a complete reading of the violoncello and its history by Wilhelm Josef von Wasilewski, rendered into English by Isabella S. E. Stigand, with illustrations, musical examples, and a portrait of Robert Lindley from the original oil painting. London and New York, Novello, Ewer and Company, 1894. 
This translation is inscribed to Helen Mary, my dear sister. Translator's Preface It may be that we are not a musical people, but if so, the encouragement and appreciation which the sister art to painting has of late years received in England is not a proof of the truth of the assertion frequently made. Our concert rooms are always crowded to overflowing. Foreign artists think it worthwhile to come year by year to England. Schools of music are multiplying and eagerly attended by amateurs as well as professionals. And I think it may now be taken for granted that a musical education may be as thoroughly acquired here as abroad. Every kind of musical instrument is taken up, if not always with a really serious intention. But no instrument has more rapidly or more certainly come into favor amongst all lovers of music, as well with those who study as with those who listen, than the violoncello. It is therefore somewhat surprising that up to the present time no book has been published in English, either as regarding its history or its literature. This consideration, as well as the hope that not only those who devote themselves to the violoncello, either as professors or amateurs, may be interested in its history, but also the general musical public who delight in listening to its deeply pathetic tones as produced by the great masters of it, has induced me to attempt the translation of Mr. Wasilewski's interesting work. We love to know, and often take pains to inquire into the history of any favorite picture, to learn something of the artist's life, the circumstances under which he painted it, and often the origin of its conception. I, therefore, hope that the story of the violoncello will be acceptable to all who love it and give their lives to the development of its many beauties and capabilities. The account of the violoncello's forerunner, the viola da gamba, cannot but be especially interesting. This instrument, having been formerly cultivated in England to so great an extent. The frequent allusions which Praetorius in his Sig Tagma Musicum makes to English gamba players with a decided preference to their manner of playing and tuning their instruments is a proof of how high their reputation was abroad. And if any further evidence were wanting the dictum of Mercinus that English gambists excelled all other nations in gamba playing is sufficient to show that in the 16th and part of the 17th centuries they held the first rank. If for a short period we have no violoncellist of extraordinary merit to chronicle, more modern times have produced artists who will bear comparison with any of the greatest players on the continent. Concerning these and English gamba players, I have ventured to add a few more particulars than Mr. Vasilevsky has given, hoping they would prove interesting to English readers. These details have been gathered from the Groves Dictionary, Leslie Stevens' National Biography, and various other works. For the technical portion, Mr. Neek's Dictionary of Musical Terms has been consulted, as well as Mendel and Dahmer. I have sub supplemented the violoncello schools 
by others collected from Mr. Heron Allen's bibliography and various sources, introducing some of the old instruction books for the Gamba. I must here thank Mr. Vasilevsky for his kind permission to translate his valuable work as well as Messrs. Breitkopf and Hertel for their courteous assistance. I beg Mr. George Herbert to accept my grateful acknowledgment for his most kind help and, and encouragement, and Mr. Heron Allen for the interest he has taken in my work. To Mr. Arthur Hill I am indebted for much kind advice, and to Mr. Nozeda of the Strand for his courteous permission to reproduce from his oil painting the portrait of Robert Lindley as the frontispiece. The Translator The Contents Introduction History of the Viola de Gamba, Basso di Viola, page 1 The Transition to the Violoncello, page 36 The Art of Violoncello Playing in the 18th Century First Part, Italy, page 48 Second Part, Germany, page 67 Third Part, France, page 87. The Art of Violoncello Playing in the 19th Century. Fourth Part, Italy, page 109. Fifth Part, Germany, page 113. Sixth Part, France, Belgium, and Holland, page 169. Seventh Part, England and Scandinavia, page 189. Eighth Part, The Slav States in Hungary, page 198. Conclusion, page 210, appendix, page 215, methods in schools, page 217, viola da gamba, page 217, violoncello schools from the middle of the 18th century until the present time, page 217, list of names and index, page 221. Introduction Viola da Gamba The history of the violoncello and violoncello playing is connected in its earliest stages up to a certain point with that of the viola da Gamba and its forerunner, the basso di viola, of the 16th century. This last-named instrument formed the bass in the string quartets of that time, to which also belonged, according to the Italian designation, the discant viola, or violetta as well as the viola d'alta and di tenore. In Germany, these instruments were called discant, alto, tenor, and bass viols. The terms viola and violin were at that time consequently synonymous. From the foregoing remarks, it will be perceived that it is a question not of one kind, but of a whole family of stringed instruments, Descriptions and illustrations of them are found in the following music authors of the 16th century. Well, that was the last minute of the first page of the introduction. That is, the very last minute of what you just listened to. It was the introduction to the chapter of Viola da Gamba and its history, which is really a very lengthy introduction to the violoncello and its history. Yes, I know, this 
episode had a lot of preliminaries, and it included the preface by the translator and also by the author, as well as a reading of the entire table of contents. I, for one, think that the table of contents is is very useful, not just interesting or or something to take up time, but can help us understand and prepare our uh, minds for what is coming up so you can know what to expect. I will not read out the table of contents at all. I will only put it in the description for all future episodes that pertain to the reading of the violoncello and its history. The following episode, number 44, will contain pages 1 through 43, a reading of the entire introduction, which is titled The Viola da Gamba and Its History. This introduction, it sets the scene for the years just before the entry of the violoncello. It is very long, but I think you will find, like I did, very intriguing, interesting, lots of information about what was going on just before the cello came into existence and as the cello made its entry and inroads into the world of classical music or music as they knew it back then. Well, let me know what you think about the reading of this book in its entirety and the plan to do so. Leave a comment, send an email, let me know what's on your mind. Tell me what you think about the history of the violoncello. All right, now go click on episode 44. And remember, you can make a cake, sit down and listen while you're drinking a tea or a coffee, or just water. I hope you enjoy. Thank you.